I ate pepper spray. <laughs> that does tell me I made for protests. Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that instead of taking your reward, you give a reward to everybody else. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Shelton. Jared, what are you giving me? Nothing. I'll give it to everyone, and it'll be better than the thing we would have given you alone. Aww. I gave you a Brett Favre jersey. That's true. You did give me a Brett Favre jersey. Uh, a man notoriously... Who steals from the government. Listen, the money didn't go to Brett Favre. I got it at a thrift store. <laughs> that is fair. I, I'll take it. And Well, it's not like I'm just going to throw it out. It's still a good jersey. Sure. It's one of those... And I mean, we have the retro jerseys this year, so it's basically a new jersey. Yeah. Just with an old name on it. And it's a player that's famous, but also wasn't on the Vikings for very long, so it's no. kind of a oddity. Yeah. We got one year of good Brett Favre play. And you can wear that around Minnesota and piss people off. Or, uh, sorry, uh, Wisconsin and piss people off. That's true. I can't do that. That is pretty fun. <laughs> or in Chicago, piss people off. I don't know. Most people leave me alone with the Viking stuff. I get a few, like, weird looks, but nothing too crazy. Yeah, big cities have so many transplants that people aren't going to, like, bully you for your fandom. Although I will say the two Chicago Bears games I went to, I did think I was going to leave in a casket. <laughs> One you, for the Lions, one for the Vikings. See, here's the problem, though. You play into it. Oh, I'll talk shit all day. You will. You absolutely will. And it's fun for, like, most of the crowd. Most people will play back. Yeah. Some people just don't. Some people take things too seriously, Jared. Listen, I'll meet them at whatever level they're at. <laughs> well, what's new with you? Uh, what is new with me? I'm joining your softball team tomorrow you for are, a week. <laughs> you are. Yeah. We have a, a small softball team, and... We got pushed back a week. So for whatever reason, a lot of people were gone this week. And I'm like, Jared, Jared, I need help. Want to play softball for free? And also, I'll buy you dinner. Yeah, and can you get one femme person to join us because it's a co-ed league and you have to have bailiff numbers and all of that. Correct. So I uh, I like to be the guy who knows a guy, so I got somebody. You're the guy. And you know, not a guy, you know another person. Well, the gender neutral guy. Yeah, gender guy. <laughs> One of the least uh, least action-oriented superheroes. <laughs> well, would, take me on the adventures of Gender Guy. It would just be a lot of... If, you, like, if you've seen the episode of Captain Hindsight, like, showing me, like, no, no, you are speaking on the binary. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You need to fix yourself. Or possibly it could be, like, breaking gender norms. It, it's... The progressive version of Chick Tracks, and it would also be bad. <laughs> Do you know what Chick Tracks are? I don't. Explain it to me. I okay. laughed. You caught me in a laugh that I didn't know what it was. I know. I can read your laughs by now. Yay! So, if you didn't grow up hyper, hyper conservative evangelical, you probably have never heard of these things. They are basically short little comics that are very small. Uh, they're, they're made to fit, like onto, like, a side of a pack of gum, basically. Okay. And the guy's name who made them is, his last name's, like, Chick, like, C-H-I-Q, which is why they're called Chick Tracks. Um, It wasn't just because they were trying to mock chicklets? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. They were 
basically anti-educational propaganda <laughs> about the dangers of not being Christian. So, like, the one that horrified me was about, like, getting AIDS. Oh, my God. And, like, the Grim Reaper showed up, and it was terrifying. Like, nah, don't have sex with anyone because the Grim Reaper will show up and rip off your penis. Damn it. It wasn't that explicit. Damn it. Yeah. My penis. I need that for a few different things. <laughs> Speaking of things I need for a few different things, emails! <laughs> if you want to email us, feel free to do so. Email us, SurvivorTBT at gmail.com, or you can message us on Reddit, u slash SurvivorTBT. We still technically have the Twitter slash X up, and we talked about deleting it, but it is nice for getting out information, so it might have to stay. All right. All right. <laughs> it's not like we're single-handedly going to take down X. No, we're not. But somebody might. Hopefully. <laughs> it's okay. Elon's doing a great job of it. If you so. see Elon in the street fist fight him, this is not an actual threat. <laughs> uh, a couple of emails. Just going through, we have a few to get back on the backlog. Not a whole lot. I'm sure there are some that got mixed into things in the lost episode so i apologize if things get dropped it's not on purpose i swear first email from josh enjoy the live stream only question i have is do you think sandra deserved to be placed on the villains tribe in heroes versus villains i did not know she was going on the villains tribe mm-hmm. and no i don't but i need to see who all's in the heroes tribe and who all's in the villains because if you're comparing her to colby sure she's a villain you're comparing her to Johnny Fairplay? Yeah, she's a hero. <laughs> well, I... Those are the ends of the spectrum so far. Sure. We have very opposite ends of the spectrum, and we get to see them both within an episode, so that's great. It's true. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Also from Josh, I was going to send an email comparing Fairplay with King, uh, King George from Australian Survivor, but I didn't because I didn't think either of you would know who that is. So, hey... Josh is on the ball with King George. Apparently. Way to love it. I'll send it now in case he still listens and likes the compliment. Yeah. Johnny Fairplay giving compliments out. Josh, you're the real MVP. Uh, Josh getting this in real quick today. This is from episode one. Just some notes. Number one, while people didn't know the exact cast, people had a pretty good idea. Alliances were being made long before the game even officially started. Which, of course, they do. Yeah, I didn't even think about alliances. That's interesting. Like, yeah, the game starts as soon as they announce there's going to be an All-Stars. Correct. It Game's on. Game's on, baby. Because, yeah, like, if you're somebody that gets asked to be on All-Stars, you know at least some of the people that are going to be on there. You know Rob Sestriano is going to be on there. Mm-hmm. You know Rich is going to be on there. You probably think most, if not all, of the winners are going to be on there. So even if everyone kept their mouth shut, you can make some assumptions. Mm, okay. Kept their mouth shut. Keep the mouth shut. That's what I said. Shuts their keep mouth. Shuts the keep mouth. <laughs> uh, number two, Jared was surprisingly close. Hatch smuggled a box of matches up his ass, thinking no producer would want to stick their hand up there. To okay, try. wait, I almost joked about that, but then I was like, oh, that just seems insensitive because it's, he's the only queer contestant. It sounds homophobic. Yeah. But he did it. And then he did it. <laughs> God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I, again, I can't verify this. I did not pre-check this, but if that is the case, fucking amazing. God damn it, Hatch. God fucking damn it, I love you and I fucking hate you. <laughs> Three, you're correct. Ethan dated both Jenna Lewis and Amber before this season. Ooh, so okay. We have we have some love mixing in there. Yeah, this episode feels like they are exes, but like that they have 
previous history there's that some, is coming up in their conversations. Yeah, there's some quarrel in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Four, Rob and Amber, while not officially dating, were very flirty toward each other at other Survivor events before the season. Ah. That makes sense. That's funny. Uh, since Rudy is out by the time you read this, I want to shout out that he was taken to, into the hospital a few months before he died. Uh, people leaked that he died, so all the tributes started pouring in before his family had come out and oh. said that he was still alive. Fuck that. Eek. That's so sad. I, yeah. I feel like Rudy, it was from... Man. I feel like it's from a place of, like, oh, people are reaching out, people are like... Yeah, and, like, they don't know that the family, like... Or I guess the family knows, but they don't know how the family feels about it, all of that. More, it's like, why'd you leak? Who leaked it? Like, come on, man. I... I don't know. I'm always in the moment of leave them alone until they make a statement. And then we don't have these problems. Yeah. People don't have to... Don't be like that. Uh, One small thing in the episode is look at Colby's face when you see Jerry walk in. Oh, you know, I forgot to clock that. It's pretty good. I'm excited for if they both make the merge. Mmm, interesting. What do you think that reaction's gonna be like? I don't know, because this Jerry is almost unrecognizable. Ooh. She is... She's taken up no screen time. She's not caused any shit. She's not complaining. Actually, we'll talk about the episode, but I think possibly to the detriment of her tribe, everyone on their tribe is afraid to step up and be a leader. It doesn't have to be all the time. It doesn't have to be at camp all the time. But, like, in challenges, it's hurting them. It's probably hurting them in camp life a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. everyone is afraid to stick out in front because they're going to get their head chopped off on that tribe. I see what you're saying. Like, it makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. And I think they put, when they were doing their casting, they put Jerry on that tribe to possibly be a leader. Be, be the vocal person. Yeah. Yeah. And she is, she's, that is a role she's not interested in playing thus far. <laughs> Uh, seven. Also, this episode probably has one of my the more famous deleted scenes. It was included in the recap episode, but I'll link it here uh, because I don't think you'll watch them. Interesting. I will <laughs> I'm I'm gonna leave this here and I'm gonna watch it myself. Okay. Because I don't know what's on it. But thank you, thank you so much, Josh. Lots of good stuff there. Uh, moving on to Carl emails. A couple Carl emails. Love the live episode a lot. Just a quick question. I'm assuming you guys talked about John and Sandra coming back for Micronesia and Heroes vs. Villains, respectively. It was never mentioned or alluded as far as I can recall in the live episode, but I have to imagine you talked about it at some point earlier. We did for for Johnny Fairplay. Yeah. 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 We... I think that was also one that got lost in translation between the lost episode and the live episode. Yes. So, yes, we know that John is coming back for Micronesia. Micronesia. And Sandra's coming back for Heroes vs. Villains. Yes. So we will see both of these players again, which is great. Good stuff. Also from Carl, some pregame stuff. Sitting down to watch episode one of All Stars right now, and I figure there's so much pre-show stuff to get out of the way that I'll just turn out an email right now and cover everything else for episode one <laughs> later. Uh, in, case, in case I don't, here's a picture of the episode. It is the one that we... Alluded to Colby's earlier. Colby's face. Colby's face. Great. Colby learning that Jerry's going to be in the game again. It's a nice little... He can't be that surprised. No. But it's a nice little, uh, I just ate a sour lemon and I'm not happy about it. Someone tricked me into it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it's the Malort face. Oh, yeah. That's a, good, that's a good reaction. Also, I read a Johnny Fairplay AMA, and he said one of Prope's biggest dick moments in Pearl Islands was when... 
they and Burton were in Burton's new car, and Probst mentioned he'd been listening to the new Radiohead CD, knowing John had listened to him and is one of his favorite bands. So petty. God, he's so petty. I love it. That's really funny. Wow. The, the weird feud that I didn't know I needed. Fuck you, Jeff Probst. Fuck you, Johnny Fairplay. It was all over his body language every oh, God, time. Yeah. Every time Johnny Fairplay was on screen. Yep. Anyways, here's your pre-premiere notes. So, for context, Survivor has been declining in popularity since Africa. And if you go back and look at the ratings for each season, it's pretty obvious. All-Stars immediately gives it it a uh, ratings boost. Sure. Which makes sense. It's the first season since Australia to air its premiere after the Super Bowl. Okay. For at least a brief moment, Survivor is back in the mainstream, although not quite at Australia-level highs. But, so, it's... It's up there. It's also easy to forget, that's the phrase. There you go. That they were kind of alone in the landscape at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, real world existed in some of these other shows, but there, there weren't really competition shows. Correct. There wasn't Amazing Race yet, or if there was, it had just started. There wasn't really Big Brother yet, or at least it wasn't established. So that's going to divide audiences more when there's more options later. Correct. And it's weird, because I know that Survivor doesn't, like cleans up pretty well at like award shows pretty early like the emmys and then suddenly other things start taking over and i know that amazing race does really really well at the emmys for a long long time yeah like it's still winning best reality competition show it's nuts and it is it's a good show when you're on top when you're as far up on top as you are as they were for borneo and australia it's you really only have one place to go and that's down yeah We'll split casting notes into male and female. Males, if you go over the male cast, most of them were locks. And I, I agree. Yes. If you're in charge of casting in 2003 and you're able to get whoever you want, Richard, Rupert, Ethan, Rudy, Rob, C, Colby, you all have to have on your final list because yes. of their popularity. Uh, or notoriety in Hatch's case. Lex and Tom, while worthy all-stars in their own right, may have also been promised a spot because of production screw-up in the Africa finale. That makes sense. Yep. And Lex is someone I think that's a lock. Yeah. I think we like Lex. I don't know about a lock, but he's definitely someone that you want to see get a second chance at yep. this. Because he, he should have won Africa. He played a really good game and probably should have run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that only leaves one male slot, which of course went to Boston Rob. The only slot that could have realistically gone to someone else unless someone else declined. Scoopin, according to most stories we've heard, and we've talked about this, was actually cast before him, but he started blabbing to fans that he was going to be on All Stars. Don't <laughs> in, leak. In character, he was known for having a big mouth back then, apparently. Producers have, or had, at least had, a rule where you can't talk about that stuff, and they were especially sensitive before All Stars, as they were trying to keep everything secret. So the story goes, he was cut and replaced with Boston Rob. It may have also helped that Rob had some friends in production. Ah. Yeah. Gotta know somebody. I think he's right. I think every single person is a lock. Every single one of the men makes sense. Like, there's a power gap in, like, the top seven to eight men that have played Mm -hmm. the game thus far and, like, everyone else. Who do you think we're missing? You could make an argument for Andrew from Pearl Islands. um, Okay. As being an an interesting choice to get another chance at it. Although, this is way too soon. I agree. Rupert shouldn't be here. We'll get to that in this episode. It's crazy that he is. And he is suffering and it is... Episode two. <laughs> Let me see here. Nobody from Thailand. Nobody from Thailand should be on this season. No. None of the men from Thailand should be on this season, I mean. I mean, at, at this point, they might have, like, they probably could have pulled Brian. 
Yeah. Okay. Yes, I know. Yes. Okay. This pre all that stuff. <laughs> no, I know. They I could know. have. They could have. Um, Amazon. There's not really another guy that jumps out to me as somebody that they would really be contending for those spots. To be honest, I mean, if you don't have Rudy, like if Rudy was like, I'm 75. Fuck this. Then like you could do Butch as like your old guy slot. Butch would be a good old guy slot and comedic value. <laughs> like Matt doesn't deserve to be here. Who's, yeah. What's Marquesas? No, there's not really any guys in Marquesas that jump out to me either. Like maybe Pascal, but maybe. Uh, what about um, Vesepia's friend? Uh, oh, Sean. Sean. Sean's the obvious snub. Sean? Yes, Sean yes. should be on this season. Sean should actually have Boston Rob spot, in my opinion. Okay, but that was never going to happen. <laughs> so fair. Uh, females, Tina, Sue, Jerry, Kathy, all locks, again, for their popularity or notoriety, or just Tina being the first female winner. Yeah. Shean, I imagine, was there to be the sole Thailand representative. Somebody's gotta be there. Mm -hmm. Alicia brings Australia fame and also fills certain badass girl niche that no one else really could. And Survivor is going to cast at least one woman of color. Correct. I guess Shean as well, but yeah. Yeah. They had Alicia Locke before that, I imagine. You need it. Yeah. Amazon Jenna is a winner and a cute bikini girl. Yeah, like a model. Makes sense. Sure. Of which production wants two more. So they turn to Borneo, Jenna, and Amber. Now, of course, they are more than just cute bikini girls, but both as people and as players, but we're talking from a TV perspective. Yeah. Perspective, and we go on a little bit. I also think that Jenna from Borneo got a nod because she was probably the best woman on her season, or the best woman on uh, Pagong. Wait, no, is that the right tribe? I don't remember. On the non-hatch tribe. Yeah. Like, she was the most interesting amongst them. Sure. Uh, He points out that Elizabeth and Colleen both turned down offers. Right, Colleen would be the other Borneo option. Yeah, and I think Amber fills that role. Correct. Amber, I don't think, makes this unless you start pulling people. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And, hey, we talked about it a little bit last episode, but Rob found his Sarah, and Amber (laughs) found her Jerry. Yeah. Goes on to say, if it were up to me, I would have cast Dina from Amazon. Oh, yeah. And Helen from Thailand. Yes. But they they didn't fit the cute bikini girl niche. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I believe if anyone had dropped out last minute, Sandra was the alternate, although that may conflict with what John said in your interview. Not 100% sure. Yeah, I don't know that you could get Sandra to go back on that beach again. It's also possible that she said... Oh, yeah, I'll be an alternate, but if something had happened, she would have been like, no, actually. I don't know about that. Well, I guess if the money's right, you go back, do anything. Sure, yeah. <laughs> go out and... Give me a million dollars up front and, like, fuck it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just so much good stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, another thing to keep in mind is that most of these people have been lobbying hard to get cast on All-Stars. I'm sure they have. They knew it would be huge and didn't think they'd ever get another shot to play Survivor again. Egos and emotions will 100% get involved. Yeah, Rudy takes his vote off very personally. Oh, see, here's the problem, is I ran out of time, so I didn't get to see the end, so I'm gonna need your full opinions on that when we get there. Cool. Thank you so much, and then I just want to read this quick thing from Tyler. Tyler, enjoy the live episode, but a couple things that I missed that I assume were probably discussed in your original recording. We love that. How Jared thinks Darren Lil would do on another season, and what he thinks John and Sandra's chances on 
their future seasons, respectively. John, I think, has no chance. I, I, I think that once, like, he went all in. And cat's out of the bag. Cat's out of the bag. He's now known as the most dangerous player to ever play Survivor. Somebody that will lie, cheat, and backstab you. And that worked when it was a slow, like, pots boiling slowly. Mm-hmm. But now he's going to be jumping in. I don't know if it's... Is, Mar- is uh, Micronesia an all-returnee season? It's fans versus favorites. Got it. Okay. So if you're on... It, I Yeah. I mean, even the favorites tribe, like, I'm sure he's infamous among their circles. I'm sure they like him. We interviewed him. We, I really like him. He's mm-hmm. a really cool guy. Yeah. I would vote him out first if I was on an island with him. <laughs> uh, not first. I'd vote him out off as soon as it was, as soon as the people that were problems were gone. Like, the people that are hard to live with. Okay. Because he's, he's going to win. He's going to, he will drown me in the ocean to win. If I had to, I know we're a long way out, but if I had to put a number on him, where does he land on this game of fans versus favorites? Sure. Some, I'm going to say, depending on how many votes that tribe goes to, somewhere, he could be the first boot. Like, somewhere between, like, one to four on his tribe. <laughs> not because he's not good at the game, but because he's he's very good at the game. Sure. Let's put it in perspective if it's fans versus favorites, it's all favorites on the same tribe. Sure. Do favorites kick him out first? Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe not first, but up there. Up up near the beginning. One to four. Gotcha. Yeah. What about Sandra and Heroes versus Villains? <sighs> and she's on the Villains tribe? She's on the Villains tribe. Interesting. Because Sandra's strategy works really well on a Villains tribe. Mm, tell me more. Anyone but me. <laughs> Anybody but me, baby. And... If you're a villain, you're somebody that's like you're somebody that's gonna look out for themselves, probably. Like mm. that's my opinion of like the difference between a villain and a hero on a game like this. So her being flexible and being able to pivot to it, it's hard to make Sandra the target if a villain tribe is a bunch of big personalities. Sure, sure, sure. Why go after Sandra? Unless the winner's curse. I mean, there's something to be said about that. But... Which we're, we're talking about, we're dealing with the repercussions here this season. A group of villains might see the might see the villain's curse as a benefit for them. Sure. Cool, I'm going to take Sandra to the end. Nobody will vote for her. Mm. All right. And then also from Tyler, a couple of interesting tidbits. The mother of John's first child has been a contestant on season four of America's Next Top Model. Uh, so they met at, in the reality TV circuit. Cool. Yeah. Also, Rhino's former fiance was one of the fans versus favorites. Oh, sorry, it was one of the fans on fans versus favorite season huh. that John was on. That's huh. funny, and John was actually the one to introduce them. Hilarious, huh. cute. All right, that's all she wrote. Anything else you want to throw in there? No, we'll talk about. Uh, I have a lot to say after the bumper. Jared Bumper. So this episode came out on February 5th of 2004. Last week's was February 1st of 2004. So came out after the Super Bowl. So a few days later, they did this episode. Steven, do you remember when the end of Pearl Islands was? No. December 18th of 2003. Whoa, that's a quick turnaround. How the fuck did they do this? That means, (laughs) by my estimations, like assuming they gave them like two weeks off, Mm -hmm. three weeks off. They might not be done with the game by the time the first episode comes out. 
That is a fair assumption. When you take into account, like, travel time, mm -hmm. visas. Yeah. And I'm sure this is, this is well documented out there. We could look it up, but I don't want to waste that time. Uh, my guess is that, yes, they had started the editing process as soon as they could. That's probably part of the reason why it's in Panama again. Yeah. This this makes me wonder if part of this, like, we're giving you nothing, and the challenges feeling a little skimpier are not intentional. I don't know. I That reward challenge didn't feel as skimpy. It was a little more bare bones of a challenge. That's what I mean. But the structure was there. Yes, like, okay. The, the things that they had to build were definitely elaborate. They're going for substance over spectacle. And I'm wondering if that is not a choice, but art through adversity. Mm. Like, did you have to build this challenge in two weeks? And it, I... But we I can rally the entire Panamanian military to do a flyover? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. That part, that's just fucking weird. <laughs> There's just part of me that has a, a feeling in my gut watching that first episode that they didn't know what storylines they wanted to go with yet. Mm. Well, th this is uncharted territory. They don't know what storylines are going to pop up. Correct. Especially with a bunch of people that already know each other and we don't have footage of them, like, getting to know each other. Yeah. So that's just something to point out that this... I mean, that's... That's five weeks. Five and a half-ish weeks, maybe six weeks, from the live finale of Pearl Islands. Mm -hmm. That is nuts. Correct. Because it's a five-week game. A six-week game. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a quick turnover. Yeah. So, not all... Well, a lot of things happened in the weeks between episodes. I'll try to condense this as much as possible. Uh, the first one being, after hosting the show for over 30 years, uh, Ryan Seacrest takes over America's Top, America's Top 40. The, like, radio, the Top 40 songs yeah. on the radio. Who was doing it before? Uh, Casey Kasem. Oh, that's right. I do I do know the name Casey Kasem. But yes, I listen to Ryan Seacrest read off that top 40 every Sunday on our way to church. All the time. All the time. Uh, construction on the tallest human-made structure to date, the Burj Khalifa, begins in, in uh, Dubai. Du yeah. Mm -hmm. Usually we don't talk about weddings and divorces and stuff on the show because I don't care about that tabloid drama. But I did point out this, I did pull out this one only because of the way it was worded. Okay. American pop singer Britney Spears weds childhood pal and future stalker Jason Alexander. Yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a statement right there. It was annulled 55 hours later. That makes sense. Yep, it was at the Little White Church in Vegas. Okay. Uh, I just, I've never seen it worded like that, and I thought that was funny. <laughs> the Mars rover Spirit Lands ceases communication with Mission Control. The problem lies with... I, Flash memory management, and it's fixed remotely from Earth on February 6th. Fucking so when your amazing. boss says you need to come back to the office, point out that in 2004, they can make a rover work on Mars remotely. <laughs> the first color images came out, the really famous one. Uh, Steven, you've probably seen this before. The yeah. first color image of Mars. It's awesome. Uh, we signed a new constitution in Afghanistan. It was the president, Amid Karzai, but I say we because American imperialism and occupation. America, America. The song, Yeah. <laughs> the song, Yeah, by Usher came out. What song? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the Super Bowl, uh, Patriots beat the Panthers. MVP, 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 Tom Brady. 
beat the Panthers. Yeah. And this is also the year of the of Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction. Oh, I do remember that one. Yep. With Justin Timberlake. Have yeah. you seen the bit where he does a live performance for the ESPYs and he's like talking about how he loves sports, he loves sports, he loves sports, and then he's like, the Super Bowl, the most hallowed ground in all of sports. And then they put up a picture of him ripping off, <laughs> off the top. He's like, fuck! Yeah, there's a lot of like weird conspiracies around that, that like they planned it, it was intentional for sex appeal, like Justin and Janet, I don't know man, I don't care, but it was, I remember it being a really big deal. It was a really big deal, and that's how YouTube was created. Listen, Wait, what? That's how YouTube was created. Someone was looking for videos of that moment and couldn't find them, so they built an entire system to house videos, and then it it blew up from there. Janet Jackson's tit created YouTube. That's, yes. Wow. Correct. Science. (laughs) It just, it goes to show that, like, every single invention in the history of man services porn. And sex work. You're not wrong. Yep. (laughs) It's just how can we get off a little better. And then the last one, Mark Zuckerberg launches Facebook from his Harvard dormitory room. Ah, I know of it. Yeah, yep. Uh, And nothing went wrong with that ever, and it was a great service. The end. He's definitely not a cyborg now. I was a cyborg then. (laughs) He is the most stoic human I've ever seen, and just like... It's that weirdly off-putting stoicism that I don't know that you know how to react or interact with people. No, he's he is his own PR firm in his head at all times. Yeah. Yep. The top five movies, and then I swear we'll move on. Mystic River, Lord of the Rings, still up there at number four. Uh, Return of the King, I know. It's been six weeks. You Got Served, Along Came Polly, and The Butterfly Effect. Hold on. What is you've got ser- you got served? I don't know. It's either about tennis or law. I guarantee you that. Or diners. Or diners. Okay. Well, one moment here. I'm hoping law. That makes the most sense to me. <laughs> oh, Stephen, it wasn't any of those things. Oh my god. Oh, okay. We're gonna talk about this one. I wasn't gonna do this for the interest of time, but who cares? No, it's go. our show. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. Okay. David, played by Omarion Granberry and Elgin Marquise Houston, helm a talented street dancing crew that engages in dance battles in a Los Angeles warehouse belonging to a local club owner, Mr. Rad, played by Steve Harvey. Whoa. When Orange County rich kid Wade, played by Christopher Jones, challenges David and Elgin to a com- to compete against his dancers for $5,000, they accept, as David and Elgin labor to perfect their moves for the competition, tenses Tensions within the crew threaten their chance of success. What do you think this is rated, Stephen? Probably not great. I'm going to go a 45... 45 critic, 56 audience. Okay, you are correct in that it is lower on the critic side, but you were way too generous. 14% by the critics. 69, nice, by the audience. Whoa. I know. Okay, that's, that's, I feel like, is the most split decision we've had so far. That also makes me wonder if this movie is for a subset of culture that critics do not care about mm. in 2004. Side note, did you ever watch Butterfly Effect? No. I remember watching Butterfly Effect on a scrambled, I'm sure it was like... Eggs? 
No. No. On a scrambled television channel, I'm sure it was like HBO or something that our cable package didn't have that <laughs> was, it, some for whatever reason, like if you typed in the number, you could get there, but it looked awful. Mm. It was like the channel next to it, so you're getting like like the feedback of it, but yeah. not the actual channel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or the splash of it. And it was not porn. I swear it was not porn. Because uh-huh. I remember it being that movie specifically. Butterfly like, Effect and Chill, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, and Hey Yeah is still the top song. Alright. Nice. So, let's get into the episode. Episode 2, Panicked, Desperate, Thirsty as Hell. Okay. <laughs> Great name. <laughs> Overall vibes of this episode. It still feels a little aimless. Mm. They don't feel like they know who they want to focus on. They don't feel like they know what the storylines are. It's really cool to see the gangs all here, mm-hmm. but I don't know. This episode left me wanting. It left me wanting more. So that's a good thing. Is that because there are too many, too many good people to focus on, or is that because they just don't know what they're doing yet? I think everyone's playing a little scared. Yes. Everyone knows. I would too. They know that they're in a shark pit, and they need to be careful and not stick out. I was going to let this one go, but what is a shark pit? I don't know. Do you put sharks in a pit? Yes. They need water, Jared. (laughs) We'll go back to the drawing board. Okay, anyway. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I see how this can come across pretty early as this isn't survivor this isn't what we know so far yes and people aren't making mistakes yes like i mean listen because is and alicia is correct because they're good players yes for the most part for the most part but even the ones that played big games are not playing big games right now like minus richard hatch (laughs) but even hatch is like hey i could play a big game I'm not going to play a big game. What? That would be dumb of me. I have a question. I have an answer. Why shove matches up your ass if you're not going to use them? <laughs> I, I'm sure they were confiscated. Do you think they found them? We, if we know about it, then either yes. Why? Well, I, I thought it was from like a story he told later. I I assume they were found because we, he clearly did not use them, unless that was his ace in the hole. <laughs> I hate that I hate I hate that <laughs> Unless earlier when he was referencing the fact that he could start a fire immediately that's what he meant I think that's what he meant Oh my god <laughs> I need to move on <laughs> All right we open up... Oh, first off, what do you think of this theme song? Honestly, I didn't... It didn't stick out to me. Ask me next episode. Okay, next episode, I need you to pay attention. I'm not going to spoil it. I want, I want okay. to find out what you take from the theme song. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we get back from our tribal council. Saboga's like... God damn it. We thought we were getting fire, so we left a pot of contaminated water yeah. out, and instead, we get no fire, we can't drink that water, and the water that should have been collected by the rain 
was not. It went into the contaminated water, so we can't drink that either. And Sheehan went, let me tell you about assumptions and what Jeff Probst thinks of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no water. And then Rudy goes, well, this is kind of like Nam. (laughs) Fucking Rudy, man. I I wrote down in this section that Rudy is a crazy man. Yes. Rudy is... Something broke in Rudy years or decades ago, and... The man is... <sighs> Actually, I take it back. He is not a crazy man. He is a man that has been trained to value his life less. That is true. So, he comes in like... He's also seen man-made shit. horrors beyond our comprehension. He's seen some shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's... Have you seen those TikToks of, like, a, like joking about, like, when farmers go to the or like different people like go to the doctor and like if it's a farmer that shows it to the doctor it's like and says like oh yeah i i, I need to i'm i'm here like get him to the er right now yeah because something is is so badly wrong like that is rudy oh i'm aware i my grandpa was a farmer uh i mean toughest man i know died of cancer rudy's doctor fucking hates him yeah i know i know that for sure yeah <laughs> Uh, he goes into story time about, ah, this is nothing. I once drank water with dead bodies floating around in it. How, how did they leave this in the show? I don't know. <laughs> I was like, Rudy, I, what? I think they thought that this was like some cute story quip, but no, we're talking about just like dead people in yeah. water and you're drinking it. I have a question for Rudy. Yeah. Which he can't answer because unfortunately he's passed from this life. Correct. Whose bodies? Friends? I... <laughs> Enemies? I hope not. Well. Citizens? I can't remember if this was him talking about Nam. Oh, it's Nam. Is it Nam? Okay. Yeah. Do, do, do you even know what bodies? We should move on. We should move on. <laughs> Rudy scares me. <laughs> Anyway, at Moga Mogo, we're we're going through the same spiel. Like we need water, our tongues have turned white, and then the rain starts coming. Oh, we're so blessed with the rain down in Africa. Bless the rain. And Lex starts licking the roof of yeah. their shelter. Yeah. I did love the moment of realization, like, fuck, we're in water, it's raining, just stay dry. I can drink this. <laughs> I can drink this. It's great. It's a awesome. good time. Uh, there's yeah, they're slurping rain right from the shelter. Hatch goes out and is nude again for Hatch reasons. Sure. <laughs> I do think he's right though this time. Going out in the rain naked instead of in wet clothes probably does keep you warmer. Correct. Because the yeah, the cold wet clothes aren't sticking to you. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Does it make it better? No. And that's not why he's doing it. No. Uh, Colby is hilarious here where he's like, sad part is we're starting to get used to it. Yeah! <laughs> like, it, it's almost nothing now. He's like, there's a overweight, naked gay guy walking around and we got, it's, we're just, we're, it's just another day. <laughs> and over at Shapira, it's just a party. They're singing Creedence Clearwater Revival and dancing around. This, this is the vibe tribe. This is the vibe tribe. The vibes, vibes are always good. But it is the vibe tribe. They do. It's, it's a lot of emotion. They're yeah. playing a very emotional game. Correct. Which is fun to watch. 
agreed. Sometimes. No, it's always fun to watch. Always fun to watch? Okay, that's fair. Uh, and then we get tree mail. Tree mail, we get a giant crate. A crate that says, don't get this wet in the rainy season. What? This this seems like... Did you not learn your lesson from last... I guess they did From didn't. Amazon? Well, I was going to say from last season, oh, but yeah, also too. Amazon, where they buried the trunk and then half the shit was spoiled and then we didn't talk about it again. <laughs> yeah. Like, just, just put it, it... I know you want it to look like wood. That's fine. Put it in something that is sealed airtight, and then you can put that in a wood crate. I genuinely don't remember if they did a better job of packaging the stuff on the inside. God, I hope so. I forgot. Yeah, so there are... You get a crate, there are three padlocks on it, and you cannot open it, which Boss and Rob immediately <laughs> wants to He's open like, it. like, what if we do? Yeah, well, you could do it. And what do you like, think if they did? Oh, I think they'd be penalized some way. I they, think the show would just confiscate it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They would take it away and they can't win it. Ooh, that's a good point. I think that would be the way it would go, because Jeff notoriously does not like when you skirt the rules. Correct. And as we learned from the one time they ran out of food, he's going to be an ass about it. Yeah. <laughs> but we... I, I joke and I, I make fun, but... You kind of need that in a show. Correct. You need someone to be the rules keeper. If you're going to have rules. Yes. <laughs> they have to be enforced or you don't have rules. It's going to be a lawless craziness. And yes. does, that doesn't necessarily make for good TV. It's going to be House of Villains. Correct. Coming out on October 12th. <laughs> Cannot wait. It's going to be great. We get to the reward challenge and the reactions to Tina being out all across the board. Everyone's like, oh... Game's on, baby. Yeah, I was surprised that Rich expected Rudy gone right away. I am and I'm not. I think the age kind of put him at the spot to be he's the queer first out. Do you think they even should have cast Rudy? Yes. I mean, I love Rudy. Mm -hmm. And I loved every second he was on camera. But is it responsible for the show to put a 75-year-old man in these conditions? Yes, because he signed the waiver. Yeah, all right, fair enough. And he's the one drinking the water, and not not production isn't making you <laughs> drink the water. So like, at what point is it negligence to be like, listen, seventy five year old man that survived Nam, there's there's water with brain eating parasites over there, but don't drink it. The dude subverted expectations his first time out. I know. I think they were kind of hoping that he would do it again, or the possibility is there. Yeah, because no, people I know. people liked him, and I love him. Rupert loved him. Yeah. Like, everyone loved him. The only reason that he is gone is the fact that his body can't physically do it the way it was, what, four or five years ago? Yep. You're talking about your 70s. Five years is a lot there. It's a lot. Yeah. If if he was 10 years younger, Mm -hmm. Ethan goes home this episode. I agree. Yep. Yeah. So, anyway, we're playing a reward game. We are... Building a ladder of floating wood pieces. Everyone has to go out and grab a piece of these logs that are tied together, swim them back to shore, and then one person gets to stop, (laughs) and then you send out the rest to go grab the next piece, until you're down to one person getting the last piece solo. So someone is essentially swimming a lot. I did not expect this to be as grueling as it was. Mm -hmm. I don't think... the contestants expected it to be that grueling because no one paced themselves it doesn't look like it's that far but then you actually like when you're just looking at the wide shot you're like oh that's not that bad and then you see the speed at which they're swimming and you're like oh no yeah 
Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, Rudy. This is the part where Rudy's age was showing. Yeah. Is he can barely survive doing one leg. Yes. Correct. And it's unfortunate, because you're right. He is He's fun to watch. He's fun to have in this game. And every minute that we had him on screen, we milked it. Yeah. The, the show milked it. Because he's great TV. Anyway. I, I feel like... Every single word that Rudy has said out loud, we saw on camera. Like, I can imagine him literally sitting silently for seven hours a day. <laughs> like, I imagine that him and Rupert, last episode, before he went Alliance, like, he was sitting there for three hours, and then just went, Alliance. Alliance? Alliance! <laughs> Yay! I agree. I'm exaggerating, but like... But are you? Uh, <laughs> love him so much. Yeah. Great stuff. Saboga gets up early, and you, who did you expect to do this last leg for Saboga? Rupert. Correct. Yeah. That's also what I expected. But he was, even he was looking pretty gassed at that last one. I think Ethan probably was like, no, make it me. Because Ethan's still trying to find his niche in the tribe. And knows if he doesn't, he gets voted out. So, like, no, I'm doing this. I mean, from an aerobic standpoint, he's probably far better at this than Rupert. Rupert's sure. the better swimmer. Well, yeah. I mean, that too. But I, I can imagine Ethan, like, staking his claim of, like, I need to be the challenge person or I'm going home. I must be challenge beast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Saboga gets up early. Mogo Mogo is kind of close for a little while. But, yeah. Ethan brings it home. It, it's Saboga all the way. Uh, again, another challenge that... This is better than the first one, where it had... Until it isn't. Until it isn't. It had places... It had pitfalls. Yeah. Where someone... If you put the wrong person toward the end, you're screwed. But no one does. Because, of course, you're not going to make that mistake. It's very easy for people to say, I don't have anything left in me. I'm done. I'm very impressed by Boston Rob in both of these challenges, by the way. Tell me more. He really overperforms, I think, what overperforms my expectations, mm. at the very least. Just being kind of a challenge beast, he doesn't win the... He doesn't win this one. He's the last one swimming for his tribe. Mm -hmm. He doesn't win this one. He's a big reason why they win the immunity challenge, why they're the first by a mile. And I also think that he is a great leader in team-based challenges. And that is... The Red Tribe, whose name I've forgotten. Saboga? Shapira. No, Shapira. Shapira, uh, Shapira. Shapira. <laughs> uh, well, maybe when you talk like that. Why they're trying to be so discordant at camp sometimes, mm -hmm. but when they're at challenge, they shut the fuck up and listen to Boston Rob. That's fair. And I think he is. He's a better physical specimen than he was his first time around in Marquesas. Agreed. He is cut. <laughs> He's ready to go. Whereas before in Marquesas, he, he was a little bit of a dad bod. Yeah. Which, I mean, works for Survivor. Sure. It makes sense. You want to have fat. You want to have, like, the ability to store up fat and use that later down the road. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Saboga wins. What does that tell us? They got blown out first challenge. What it tells me uh -huh. is that they pr I don't think they're going to lose another immunity challenge before they merge. Okay. Because I think, I mean, sure, Tina's a winner and that's why she went home, 
But Tina's also not great at the challenges. Let's not pretend. I mean, puzzle-based challenges, sure. But all of them have been physical so far. Yeah. Let's not pretend like she's a physical powerhouse. And Rudy. But the top of their physical ladder, Rupert and Ethan, is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And now the other tribes have to sit out two people. Mmm. That's a good point. And I think if you if you go head-to-head, I mean, I know it's four. It'll be four people, but two-on-two. I don't think Ethan and Rupert lose a physical base challenge to either tribe. Okay. We'll find out. Yeah. So they win. They win the blankets. Or do they? Jeff's Fuck like this. <laughs> Jeff's like, hey, you can take the blankets, or you can take this pot, well, this first... flint, and everybody else gets the same thing. And it's a clue. Before I even knew they were gonna do this, I was like, this is a terrible reward. Like, you're giving them blankets, but they don't have a tarp. So they're just going to get wet and moldy and be worse than having no blankets the minute it rains in the rainy season. And then they make it even worse by being like, or you can take this thing that will help you survive at camp and give it to everyone else. This is stupid. This made me so mad. I didn't check. Were they wool blankets? They looked wool. Wool wool is good for wet and rainy. Okay. Wool is like one of the few fabrics that... It works well in wet. Okay, that's good like, to know. It, it traps the heat in still. Honestly, it should have been, every, like, you can take the pot, flint, and clue, or you and everyone else gets blankets. Like, don't give the better reward as the thing that everyone's going to get. This is an easy choice. Yeah. I, I agree with the first part. I think that you should have the option to take the reward or take the, the flint but I think they were also pretty desperate to get everyone to have clean water. I agree. Yeah. This felt like a pivot for sure. Yes. It also makes you wonder with these keys, like, you need three of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if this is the only time it's going to be like, or you can give everyone keys, nobody's going to get this fucking box open. If every reward after this is everyone gets keys, then why even play the rewards out? Yeah. Well, this is... My least favorite twist, if you want to call it that, we've seen in a while. Okay. I I agree. I think it's pretty weak, but there's still more time to play it out. Yes. We'll see, we'll see what they do with it. So we, we get back. We have a little bit of reaction by everybody that, like, Hatch is like, Tina, the first one out? Ooh, big targets in the winners. And he spins it in a way that he's like, target on me? But he he knows. Yeah, no, he's he's so charming. He's he's like he's like yeah, targets on those guys. I don't got to worry about it. And he goes, no, but I I do. I do. I, I, I very much do. I need that. Yeah. Uh, Lex is like it's business time. Rob C. He's like oh, I thought Tina was a big phony. I'm happy the winner is gone. Last I checked, I didn't have a million dollars. That's a good point. But <laughs> I think Rob still has the winner's curse despite not winning. You were too good at the game, my dude. <laughs> he de- I, I assume he does have a pretty big target on his back. Yeah. 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 Not to the point of like, oh, we won't give he him the money because he now. has money, but yeah. like, oh, he will he will run us over if we let him. That's fair. And then we, we do the fire shenanigans again. Like, it's Alicia versus Boston Rob once more. Alicia's really combative with everyone. Or maybe it's just with Boston Rob. I but think it, it's just with Boston Rob. Yeah, it might just be with Boston Rob. I mean... I would probably be the same in that scenario. Yeah. 
I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. Alicia pushes it and is trying to be like, let me take charge of the situation. I know better than you. But then, like, both people are at this standstill of like, all right, they're butting heads. They both think they know better. And we can't get anywhere. What's so interesting and frustrating about Alicia already, though I like her, Mm -hmm. is she identified her weakness, first confessional of first episode. She said... (laughs) It's really easy to get under my skin mm-hmm. and to get me going. Mm-hmm. And then she isn't able to restrain herself. And I've known people like that. Some people, like, once they get, once once you, once someone gets under their skin, like, th- there's nothing you can do. They're just going to go until they wear themselves out. It's not a strength for Survivor. It's not. But maybe, again, maybe you use that. Maybe that's, uh, people think that you're someone you can take farther. Because you're a shield. I don't know. We'll find out. Anyway, everyone's doing their fire thing. Uh, Jenna takes a shot to the face with the fire. Oh my god, yeah. It, it was a little scary there for a second. But she's fine. Everything's fine. But still, something blows up in your face. You, Everyone goes, mm. Scooping? Scooping? And it's because it's wet wood. So it, it pops. Correct. It pops. Yeah. It's, it's trying to... It, the water's expanding. It goes... Pew. Cool. Uh, Ethan's freaking out. <laughs> He's like, you don't think I don't know that there's a target on my back? I know it. Duh. Yeah. And Jenna's, Jenna told you to your face two days ago. Jenna's like, of course there is. It's like, thanks, thanks, Jenna. I get it. <laughs> uh, Moga Moga's the only one not to get it on that first day. Yeah, it seems like they waited too long and then it rained. I think that is exactly what happened. And Kathy's like, no, we need, we should do the fire. Like, Kathy, it's thundering. <laughs> like, I agree with you, but Kathy, it's thundering. What are you doing? What yeah, are we doing here? I don't know. I would probably be Team Kathy on this, but I, my instincts would be like, yeah, I think everyone is right. Let's just, uh, let's go to bed. We'll do, try it again in the morning. Okay. I, my... I mean, I would be team, this is a stupid conversation. Yeah, like, team. if you want to try, go ahead and try. It's You're not going to run out of flint legs. <laughs> you're just not. No. Well, you could. You could easily snap the flint. Yeah, but then you just, you can keep using it. Yes, it is much harder to use when you snap the flint, though. Sure. They get it in the morning, so it's not a big deal. Uh, and then also, everyone... Rupert, is this, I don't remember if Rupert's talking about, like, I found out I'm the man, but only when I have a lighter. <laughs> Or I made I'm the survival man, but only when I have a lighter. I'm like, right. You have to build a fire. Yeah. All of Pearl Islands didn't have to. You got to be on Survivor and not have to learn how to make a fire and not survive. Well, okay, he survived. But he survived, but didn't have to learn to make a fire. Didn't have to do a lot of the basic survival things. Correct. When you is, have a whole village's worth of supplies, which is pretty nice. Uh huh. Yeah. So they go search for the key. Mogobogo does. Hatch finds it. He's smug about it again. Yeah, it, there was an interesting insight for me in this confession because I've called Hatch the grandfather of Survivor before, mm-hmm. and this really does speak to it. Where Hatch is like, "I don't care about this fucking key. Yeah, I don't care about this or that or winning challenges. Woo! It's all social for him. Correct. Like if you did." Like, the RPG character creator with, like, where you draw, like, you have, like, different stats and, like, it's, he's, all his points are in social. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have anything else, any other avenue of attack. Which is interesting because everybody knows that he's social. This is the best thing that he's said so far in this game. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's the most self-aware and the smartest thing that he's said. Yeah. 
I also think he's he's huffing a little bit of his own glue. Oh, he has been this whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's trying to keep his public persona of like, I'm the best, and even though I know I'm in danger, I'm not really in danger. <laughs> I'm fucking around like. On Saboga, Rudy's limping. Poor, oh, poor Rudy. My foot hurts. Honestly, when he was I, when he was just walking on the beach, I was like, "Is this the brain parasites?" I, I, that's a good thought. Yeah, and then find out he was like testing out his ankle. But yeah. <laughs> is he going down right before our eyes? <sighs> this is that kind of stubborn old goat that's like, "My ankle hurts. I'm gonna go try to run on it to see if I can make it feel better." No thanks. Please stop. Yeah, probably in a week it'll be back to normal. It seemed like it was back to normal like a day or two. I mean, yes, or. Or he was just trying to... It seems like slightly injured is his status quo at 75 That's in fair. this environment. Dude, dude's just getting through the day. He he can't walk, he can't run. She's like, well, I sure hope this isn't a running challenge or we're dead on arrival. Well, it's not. It's not. But... And they should have won. They should have won, correct. We get to the immunity challenge. It is... I love this challenge. It's, this was a good challenge. Yeah, you have to raise a boat from the seafloor. You have to get boxes, like heavy, heavy crates. They said 1,000 pounds? 2,000 pounds. A ton of weight off of this boat so that it will float up. Yeah. I When they were explaining the challenge, I was like, this is going to be a dud, isn't it? But then when they actually did it, it's not. Mm. I, I did not appreciate how difficult it would be to uh, get it out of the water and get into it and paddle it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, once you get it up from the ocean floor, this is this challenge is done. Nope. Nope. No. And they really show that. Because Saboga gets the boat up first. Like, everyone does a great job of getting things off of the boat. My favorite move is when the guys from Shapira all go down and flip yep. everything over together. That's a really cool shot. Yep. And... So Saboga gets it up first. They get it up to the platform. But they flip it in the water. They flip it in the water. And so it's filled with water. So they're trying to like shovel it out with these buckets. And then everyone comes up and looks at it. And they're like, that's dumb. They pick it up and they turn all the water out. Yeah. Why did they not recognize this and see what other people were doing? Because they same. Because they don't have a leader. They don't have a challenge leader. They don't have somebody that can call shots. So everyone's doing their own thing. Yeah. You need you need the team to collectively pick it up out of the water and dump it. Versus, you know, you can individually scoop water with a bucket. Yeah. This whole section is a mess because everyone's yelling at each other. People, yeah. Everyone's making mistakes. Ethan is like doing stupid shit. Ethan's panicking. Yeah. And it's just it's a mess to the point that they lose. Yeah. They were out in front. They had a clear path to victory, and they screw it up. They choked really hard. They choked really hard. So they are going back to tribal for the second time. And we're, we're getting toward the end of the episode. Oh, I, I, I did want to point out, Jeff says something like, take your time. And I'm like, yeah. Jeff, shut the fuck up. It's a race. What are you talking about? That seems very out of place for Jeff. Agreed. I was like, what is? what inspired that? If he would have said that during the last challenge, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. In this... No, don't yeah. take your time. Figure it out. Yep. <laughs> so we get back. Everyone's pissed. Jenna's like, we, we had it. We should have won that. And she's right. Everyone's blaming themselves. And Rupert's angry at Ethan for staying in the boat. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, maybe fucking say something, dude, but and maybe he did, but So even yeah. even knows he's in limbo, he knows he's a, a big target, so he's like, I'm gonna go fish. And this just shows why Ethan is the worst winner we've had thus far. He does not know how to have a social game. Like he's like, Oh, I'm I might be the target. I'm gonna go show my worth by fishing. Or you could talk to people. Or you could try to be like, hey, the 75-year-old with a bum ankle might make us lose more challenges. He tells us that. And yeah. maybe he tells, to his credit, maybe he tells them that, and the show just does not show us that. Sure. But why is your first instinct to go fish on a tribe with Rupert <laughs> and not socialize? My, I'm going to give him credit here. I think his talk with Jenna kind of put him against the wall. He's seeing these people aren't necessarily willing to work with him, and he's trying to find a different dynamic to save his own ass. Yes, but I think that that dynamic can be achieved through a different route of conversation. Correct. And we'd also never see him talk with Jerry. I agree. I, we haven't seen that. Why are, you, why are you just strategizing with Jenna? He's probably afraid. He's probably afraid. <laughs> it just... It, this is the first... Ethan won Survivor, and yet this is the first time Ethan's had to play Survivor. <laughs> so yeah, I, I... All of that, I think, is really interesting. And then... R Rupert goes out and catches a fish almost immediately just by poking it with a stick, which is incredible, and the dude is Aquaman. Yes. <laughs> and then we have a really weird... I shouldn't say weird. It's a really heartfelt moment where... Rupert's like, I don't want to vote out Rudy. I don't. And he won't. And he doesn't. He, he doesn't. But yeah, he doesn't want him to go. Yeah. Well, uh, this is... Go on. Johnny Fairplay mentioned Rupert coming back after this and being like, I am mentally and physically destroyed. Yeah. It's already starting on camera. Mm -hmm. You. This is not enough time between seasons. And... I don't think they told Rupert, or Rupert did not internalize, that this was going to be a lot harder than Pearl Islands. Not just the social side. I mean, like, sur surviving on the island side. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have a small Panamanian village that has... <laughs> I can steal all their stuff. That you've stolen all of their stuff. You're not selling somebody else's shoes to get rum, my guy. You have rice that's locked in a box and a machete. Good fucking luck. Yeah. Let's run through Tribal Council. Ethan's like, Jeff asked about the challenge, and Ethan's like, we made a silly mistake, not lifting the boat out of the water. He's like, we, it could have been any of us. Uh, <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> could, have, could have been anything. Could have even been a boat. We, <laughs> I love the, the line of questioning of Jeff asking Rudy, what about this is appealing to you? Why are you still doing yeah. this? Yeah, hey, Rudy, why are you here? Because also remember, Rudy wasn't headhunted. Rudy wasn't cast from auditions. Rudy was Mark Burnett's friend. Correct. <laughs> like, he's Rudy's like, just some dude off the street. Yeah. Why are you here? Well, I'm not really sure why I'm here. I'm not, I don't know why I'm doing this again. I can, I can do the, the surviving. Putting up with the people is the survival part, not the elements. He says as he actively deteriorates into a husk. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. And then Rupert kind of goes off and he's like, I don't know, I don't have the connections. I caught a fish, though. Fuck yeah. 
Fish economy. Fish economy, baby. Yep. Nice and early. And, I don't know, any notes that you have about this? Not until we get to the votes. Okay. Then the votes? So, there's one moment I pointed out where uh, Ethan has the vote for Rudy, and it's like, it's purely strategical. And he folds it, and then he just, you see him, like, look up, and he shakes his head no, as if, like, he realized strategical isn't a word. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> like, it's what he meant to say, it's purely strategic. It was like, well, I can't get another well, take of that. Damn too it. late. Just, that was funny. And then, Jeff, after Rudy leaves, gives a whole-ass speech. Does he? Yeah. It's a, it's a monologue for a good 30 to 45 seconds, basically being like, Rudy's a hero. Rudy's an amazing man. I know you guys didn't want to do this. I can see on your faces right now how hard it was. Like, it it almost felt like Rudy's eulogy. It, it it does kind of well, like his I, survivor eulogy like survivor cool, that's that's a man that we all love and is a national icon and we will never see him on this show again correct survivor knows that he can't come back no he can't do this again absolutely not we we have seen the end of rudy this is rudy's not coming back and i thought rudy knew this was coming but you did not see his post-game interview rudy had no idea this was coming whatsoever oh, really uh, he's like, yeah, we talked an hour ago, and I guess I can see Ethan voting for me. Because, yeah, of course he did. You're the other person that was on the block. Yeah. He's like, but I, but the girls said it was all Ethan, and they told me it was all Ethan, so they better avoid me when they're on the outside, because I know some guys. <laughs> he basically threatens to sick the mob on Jerry and Jenna. Ah, that wouldn't be the first one that did it. Correct. <laughs> uh, cool. I guess it's kind of a moot point doing Rudy's... How would he do in Future Survivor? Yeah, yeah. How, I mean, how would the husk of Rudy the do? The husk of Rudy. No, I mean, Rudy's such an interesting player because he's the only contestant, at least that we know of, that has no affiliation with, like, the casting process. Mm-hmm. They literally just were like, we have an odd number, Rudy, get on in here. Or, hey, I know you because I'm Mark Burnett and I'm making a show. Come on in. And so he's so out, like, there's types in Survivor. There's pe- there's types of people that they cast, and Rudy is not one of them. He's not a type. And, I mean, he's crotchety old guy, but... Sure. So I think in a season where his body can hold up, like, if you run him back at 70, which is insane to say! Correct. We have seen 30, 40, and 50-year-olds that are, like, actively deteriorating, and this old guy is like running on the beach trying to relocate his ankle like i insane to me but i don't think you ever really make rudy a target on the tribe no why would you he's he's awesome to have around Mm -hmm. he is always true to himself he's like in in a way that like what you see with rudy is what you get but not in that in that kind of like boring safe way like Rudy's just gonna say whatever the fuck is on his mind, <laughs> and he has a, and he's a good human. Yeah. So it's not derogatory. It's not mean. It's not bullying. It is. It is just. It's just Rudy. It's just Rudy. Yeah. Yeah. So like any season where his body can hold up and his tribe doesn't completely bomb challenges, I think Rudy like pretty much always makes the final five. Hmm. All right. Cool. Yeah. Your protagonist to the episode. I mean, yeah, it, it's Rudy. It's Rudy. It has to be Rudy. Yeah. Good call. All right. I love him. I uh, is there any? Did do we do like a where are they now for like after after this? Like how long? What what age does Rudy pass away? Like I don't remember what age he passes away. I Rudy makes it quite a bit longer, so the parasites didn't get to him. Okay, that's good. He dies at the age of ninety one in twenty nineteen. Wow. So he 
he hangs on for a long time, I... I'm not going to waste time, like, going through and being like, hey, search through all the stuff. Because there's not going to be the quarantine questionnaire. There's not going to be a lot of stuff about him post-survivor. Right. But if anyone wants, has some stuff, feel free to send it in. Like, he was living in a retirement community in Virginia Beach and leading his fellow residents in exercise-based activities. Of course he was. Like, it's that kind of stuff that you're like, okay, whatever. And he does, oh, he hosted the annual Rudy Run Seal Challenge on the Naval Amphibious Base Little Creek. That's fun. Yeah. Okay. That's that's all I want to throw out there. Cool. All right. Bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Jared, I'm so happy. Yeah. All stars, baby. Do you th- I'm excited for it to heat up. There is a little bit of this season where, like, I've gotten used to the flow of Survivor mm. of, like, oh, we're, there's a lot of moving and shaking, and we're getting to know each other, and then we merge, and there's a little bit of a lull as it's pretty obvious, like, mm. what's going to happen, or there might be, there's some drama, but, like, for the most part, it there, there's usually, like, that, like, post-merge lull a little bit. Gotcha. This feels like a post-merge lull, and it's the first two episodes, because they've been strategizing for weeks sure. off-camera, and they all know each other. So, what you're saying is, if there was something to throw off your rhythm, you'd be very taken aback? Like Richard Hatch getting eaten by a shark? Sure, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I want something to throw me off my rhythm. All right. It's jazz, baby. Jazz, baby. Well, we're about to go watch the second episode. Uh, anything you'd like to promote today? Electric scooters. Ooh. I bought an electric scooter as an impulse purchase on my birthday. Uh, Steven rolls his eyes. I fucking oh, no. love that thing. I'm not rolling my eyes at the electric scooter. I think that's a great purchase. I think it's good for you, to, especially if you're getting around a city. Yes. If you live in a dense urban environment, highly recommend. They're a little To get one that's going to be a decent commuter scooter, you don't have to get one that's called a commuter scooter. Cute. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, you're going to run between like 600 and 1,000, but gas is 550 a gallon. Yeah. And cars are $25,000. And meanwhile, I can get most places on the north side of Chicago all the way down to like downtown on one charge. Yeah. So I am a big fan. I've had it for like a week and I've already put like 30 miles into it. I think it's a great, great choice. I would wait. For me personally, I want to wait for them to come down in price because they will eventually. Sure. But yes. I'm going to promote helmets. <laughs> no reason in particular, just, just <laughs> throwing that out there. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my helmet, Steven, this is Jared. I am a helmet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>